Hello, Devils fans, and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. I realize I've addressed different people back to the podcast in the last few episodes. I just want to let you know that everyone's welcome, but it's mostly Devils fans that we're talking to, so that's why I'm singling them out. And as Devils fans, we are well aware that the Devils have just been season series swept by the Washington Capitals. Now, usually that means five games or four games. This year, it means all eight. The Devils went 0-6-2 against the Capitals, and the latest two losses were the ones that occurred this week. One in a shootout on Friday, and one at the day of recording today by a score of 5-4. to four. No. Dan, oh, sorry, it was an overtime, overtime loss. loss. You're right, shootout was against uh, Boston. Uh, it was an overtime loss, Correct. courtesy of Dmitry Orlov, who wasn't even aware that he had scored. And so, uh, let's... <sighs> I feel like these two games embody so much of the season series against the Capitals in that it's it is the epitome of close but no cigar for the Devils against this team. It's the epitome of one team will take advantage of every single opportunity and one team will have many opportunities, none of which will be taken advantage of. The you know microcosm of special teams is the specter that's haunted the Devils all year, but against no one more than the Washington Capitals and... John, when we think about this eight-game series and the fact that the Devils probably deserve to win at least three of those games, what are you going to take away from this matchup? What are you going to take away from the the way the Devils played against the team that's currently leading the East, but in no small part because of their record against the Devils? Well, it just goes to show how far away the Devils are from being a fully competitive playoff caliber hockey team. Because as you said... Um, you know, yeah, Washington's a really good team. They're leading the division. Um, today's win helps keep them ahead of the New York Islanders who have turned Nassau County into Fort Never Lose 2.0. So, you know, the Devils have helped the Capitals cause tremendously to win another division, which they could very well do. And the fact of the matter is that the Devils have consistently in all eight of these games have given the Capitals opportunities to win. And I do not mean that in a figurative sense. I mean that in a literal sense. I mean, even in Friday's game, where one turnover from Ty Smith turns into the one goal in regulation that they conceded. Or compare it to today's game, for example, where the Devils just completely lose their minds, whether after it's a face-off loss, whether it's after Severson gets uh, pinned at the blue line and loses a puck during a power play, or some rush where... The Devils had numbers, but Severson, Murray, and Jesper Bratt decide, yeah, we're just going to flail about and not really do anything, and it ends up in the back of the net. I mean, you know, one of, one of the things I'm concerned about is that one of the narratives that have been pushing by the broadcast and by some of the fans, some of the people who matter, that Washington's a big, heavy hockey team. They're bigger than the Devils. They're stronger than the Devils. They're tougher than the Devils. Washington did not win any of these games by being tougher or stronger or or, or well, let me just clarify, around. those things like, are all completely true, but that's not why they won well, all eight games. Correct. And that's the point I'm trying to make here is that, yes, Washington may be a heavier team than New Jersey, but they didn't lose any of these games because the Capitals just exerted their massive strength of just being a couple inches taller than, than the Devils by average or just having some additional weight. I mean, Tom Wilson was largely anonymous for all eight of these games. He didn't do any of his typical nonsense to the New Jersey Devils. And you don't need to because when you're giving pucks up to the right to the other team or you're letting guys getting wide open for shots, you don't need to. (laughs) Like the Devils literally handed them the opportunities to win these games. And 
to your point, the Capitals took full advantage and came away with eight wins out of eight, and the New Jersey Devils came away with a whopping two points out of a possible 16. Frustration isn't even the word. And every man. game was so frustrating in such different ways. They only got blown out, what, three, mm-hmm. two or three times out of the eight games. They they right. managed to keep it all, yeah. you know, some of those one-goal games were pretty meaningless in terms of when the goals came. Uh, they had a couple of furious yeah. comebacks. They had a couple efforts that fell short in extra time. It was just, they're so close in so many ways against this team, but it really was an uphill battle when... Washington seemingly scores at will any opportunity they get. And today's game was pretty evident of that as through two periods, the Devils were out shooting them 31 to 12 and losing the game. Every opportunity that Washington had that was Mm -hmm. substantial, they finished. They scored a power play goal and a shorthanded goal. The special teams, again, emblematic of the Devils' struggles as a whole. And now the power play is something like 0 for 15 in its last couple of games. Um it is a disaster. Yeah. It is something that has completely exposed the Devils as a team. And the solace we can take away, the big silver lining that I'm getting from these games, and again, I don't really want to go into too much detail on them just because, um, you know, we have a lot to talk about, especially today. And also these games were so similar to a lot of other games against Washington this year that it just really felt like we're preaching the same points after every single game against them. Stop it with the turnovers. Finish your chances. I mean, there's an element of bad luck that comes into it, too, as the Devils spent the first period and the second period just hitting post after post after post. Jack Hughes is admired in a you know, a drought that is so brutal in so many ways because it's not even a process problem It for him. He is creating no. so many opportunities for his teammates, for himself, and the puck just hasn't found the back of the net. And it's a brutal, brutal stretch for someone who was impacted by COVID-19. It's a brutal stretch as, you know, when he was scoring at the beginning of the season, the team was doing quite well. And you know, you want to find some level of consistency from him in terms of actually putting things in the back of the net, but you can't really ask him to do anything more than what he's done, especially today, as he looked great um, all game long. Jaeger Sharon Govich looked great all game long. Travis Zajac continues to impress, and there's a lot of good things that you can pull from the way they battled back in a lot of these games, from the way they approached, you know, having a deficit in these games against a very formidable team but it just wasn't enough and it that gap that you're saying and that they still have a long way to go to contention that was apparent every game against washington it was apparent um you know in those back-to-back games against the rangers it was apparent against every single time the islanders snuffed them out this year and so just talking about washington specifically it's just it really is you know, eight losses out of eight is statistically very unlikely and a couple bounces either way changes that record. But it really is the series to look at when you think about all the issues that plague the Devils this year. Well, and, and to, to that point, the last two games, I think, are perfect review points of what has been ailing the team this season. Now, obviously, we've been going over it through many shows, but I do want to hit on a couple major points from both games. So taking a step back here. Friday night, April 2nd, Devils are back at home after a six-game road trip, which was largely successful. I mean, 3-2-1 and one is not a fantastic record, but it's still a winning record by points. Uh, the Devils did a very good job on Friday to limit their turnovers. Only one of them ended up in the back of the Devils' net. 
even though the Devils conceded 40 shots on net, um, they kept the high danger chances really low against the Capitals. I mean, the Capitals took a whopping 61 shooting attempts and only seven of them are high danger chances and only 27 of them were scoring chances. So credit to the Devils for at least keeping Washington in front of them and not giving them easy opportunities to score. And Blackwood was fantastic as he only conceded mm-hmm. two goals, um, only one in regulation. And the Devils, unfortunately, struggled to get pucks on net. I mean, everybody, you know, the Devils had 23 shots on net and a combined 28 attempts that were blocked or missed, which tells you what the problems of the accuracy were. I mean, Vitek, Vitek uh, Vanacek had a much better game. He didn't gift any goals like he did in the previous start against the Cat, the Devils. Um, the Devils get one goal in regulation. A Jesper Brokfist shot just bounces right in front of a charging McLeod and he puts it in back of the net on the rebound. It's 1-1. Jack Hughes had the best scoring chance in a tight third period where he stole a puck from a capital, dragged it to the, to the slot, and unfortunately he hits the post, which it, had it gone in, not only do the Devils probably win that game 2-1, to one, but Jack Hughes has a highlight reel worthy goal, which speaks to his talent level. But he hit the post. And for, for whatever reason, the, the overtime section decided to take a trip to the defensive optional part of the beach, uh, so to speak, with a wrestling match starting the overtime, Connor Sheary getting a breakaway, and then the Devils have, you know, Hughes finds Andreas Janssen all alone in front of the net. Unfortunately, he flubs his opportunity to score for his first goal in, like, 22 oh, games, man. which and he did not like, get, by the way. Of the snake-bitten people on the team, if we're not talking about Hughes, it's Janssen. And you can't even say that Janssen... Yeah. Like, there was a, a period of time where Janssen was not great, where he was, like, you know, actively no. deterring his own efforts to score. But over the last, like, I don't know, five or six games, he has been all around the net. He has been buzzing opportunity after opportunity. And just, it's this curse that, you know, it, it definitely doesn't just affect the Devils, but it has in the last five years of... There's just these brutal, brutal scoring slumps for individual players, and I, I just don't mm-hmm. understand how it can be so bad. And again, I think about all this, and then I think about the Buffalo Sabres, and things could always be worse. Things can always be worse, Dan. That's a very good point. But Janssen on Friday had a really strong game. He actually almost scored in regulation in, I want to say, the second period. He had five shots on net. Unfortunately, he failed in overtime. Hughes gets a breakaway in overtime. Vanacek stays with him the whole way to deny the rounding. And then, unfortunately, case in point to how the Devils do not convert on an opportunity, and that gives an opportunity that the Capitals get the break on. Uh, P.K. Subban finds Zajac cutting to the net on the far post on Vanacek's uh, uh, blind side. Somehow this puck does not go in the net. I don't know if Vanacek got it off or Zajac didn't get enough on the shot. I'm not sure. But the puck rebounds out to Dmitry Orlov, and there's 20 seconds left in overtime. He just charges up ice. Sharon Govich is in a good place to, like, keep him honest, you know, force a shot without being a dangerous shot. The shot ramps up Sharon Govich's stick over Blackwood's uh, shoulder in and out of the net. And, you know, the de- you know, as you said, Orlov didn't know he scored. The Devils immediately start leaving to the bench because they know it went in. And it's 2-1. And, and you're just sitting there going, that could have mm-hmm. been the win. Of all the games to win this series or this season series, that could have been it. The Devils had three opportunities in overtime to finish it. Didn't Capitals get, you know, a second opportunity to finish it and do so. But let's be real, Dan. Had that gone to a shootout, they would have lost the shootout. Yeah, they were going to lose in the shootout. But again, the Devils gave up a ton of shots. The Devils' effort was kind of lackluster to start the game since the Capitals were coming off a heavy 8-4 loss to the Islanders the night prior. 
but they they dragged it to overtime, one one, so not the worst result. And then comes today's. And today's game, game is one of those that oh, we've seen many times where the Devils get an early lead uh, against the Capitals, yep. and they immediately give it back a few minutes later as. Um, the early lead came courtesy of a Nick Merkley pass to Travis Zajac in the slot where a beautiful Nick Merkley really nice one. And we'll talk about why Merkley was even playing today in a bit, but that pass goes to Zajac. He snipes one, uh, upper 90. Yeah. He went on his knee. He went on his knee, proposed to the net. Will you, will you allow this goal for me? And the goal said, maybe that's what it takes to get a goal. Because after that moment, the devils were just, Complete, there was like a force field around the net. No matter what they did, no matter how... Yeah, Samsonov played out of He was good, and also game. the Devils were unlucky. It was that winning combination of, uh, well, this guy's playing out of his mind, and also they've hit three posts this period. So, what's happening oh, yeah. here? Uh, poor Jack poor Jack Hughes near the end of the period. Like he, I don't want to hear anybody question the dude's um, desire, because he gets pounded into the, into the goal frame after putting a puck just an inch off the post. And, uh, oh, my goodness. He, Jack was especially unlucky in this game, especially. But, yeah, I mean, a couple minutes after the Devils were – and the Devils were dominating the Capitals in this first period. Like, five, most of the period was in five-on-five. Five. The Devils outshot yep. him 17-5. to five. And these were not, like, you know, 50-footers or 60-footers from the point where P.K. Subban is just firing slap shots because he can. And the coaches said, yeah, shoot slap no, shots. No, this was dude. like good, hard, like, circling really offense. Shot. Like, they, they cycled the puck. They created opportunities for themselves. They got into space. They did yeah. all the things that you'd want to see them do. Except yep. then they allowed Oshie to walk in and score. Yeah, and this one was a rough one because Brandon Dillon just puts a puck off the board. And Bryce Salvador made a point of this uh, during intermission that uh, in the older days, Kulikov would have been given free reign to just basically interfere Oshie at that point. And in a sense, Kulikov tried to. He actually tried to throw a hit on Oshie, but he missed the hit. Oshie got around him, picks up the loose puck off the board, and then just cuts in for a backhander, which... Yeah, if you want to be a little picky, you could say Blackwood could have been out of his net more. Maybe you wish Subban, I guess, tried to drill the dude, even though I think it would have been too late for Subban to do so. I mean, it was a really good back-ender, but, you know, that's the sort of crushing thing that the Devils do a lot of things right, and it's 1-1 after 1. And you can believe that the Capitals heard the message from Mr. Laviolette to say, hey— that's not good enough, guys. Well, we got to do better. Then, and, uh, you know, what proceeded they, was the Devils continuing to not sit back. They still managed to, you know, sustain a lot of good offense. And, of course, as has happened in almost every game against Washington this year, they get a fluke goal. They get a freak goal that hits off of Damon mm-hmm. Severson again, floats behind Blackwood. And yep. that not only, you know, destroys any sort of good morale you have from uh, cycling the puck in the offensive zone and keeping offensive momentum, but it also again puts you on the back heel against a team where if you make a mistake pinching too much or you mishandle a puck trying yep. to overcompensate, yep. they will burn you and burn them. They did. Yeah, and and what's worse about that is that you know the shot went off of Severson's mm-hmm. jersey. Like it's not like Severson was in a bad spot. Like that's where you want your defenseman to be in the shooting lane. But what was disturbing about that shot was the fact that Sherry had a wide open shot at all. Like, yeah, the Devils lost an often uh, defensive zone faceoff. Fine. Surely the Devils have figured out what you're supposed to do after you lose a faceoff. That's one of the things coaches absolutely have control over. It's 
okay, what do you do if you win the face-off? Okay, you're going here, you're going there, and we're going to do this. Okay, you lose the face-off. What's mm -hmm. the game plan? Okay, you go here, you go here, you go here. But like, too many times, and you would think that against the Capitals, where the Devils, and, and most most of the season, actually, the Devils haven't been a particularly great face-off winning team. They actually won most of them today. But, you know, the team the team got beaten badly, and, you know, it's just wide open for Sheary, and he gets a lucky bounce. It's now 2-1. And then things go from bad to worse when, I don't know how they called this, but Kulikov gets checked yep. by Oshie, and Kulikov's stick was up when he was hit, and it struck Ovechkin yep. in the head. And then, literally, it's face-off win, Backstrom takes a shot, it goes through Blackwood's legs, and Ovechkin slams just in the just out-muscles Zajac on the back left post. It's 3-1. to one. The Devils have allowed yep. another power play goal to Washington. Uh, Ovi yep. had six goals, two of them coming on the power play in the season series. So he appropriately torched the Devils the entire season um, yep. and continued to do so today. Yep. And so now it is three to one and the Devils are still yeah. trying to find some sort of spark to get them anywhere near this yeah. Washington team again. And they find one and they near and they nearly did. They got a power play a couple minutes later and they actually ran a good power play. Like they actually had good yep. zone time. They actually settled for some good shots. Once again, Hughes hits the post at the very end on what should have been a goal to the point where Zajac raised his arms yep. thinking it went in. Uh, but, you know, they did everything but score. And I know, I know, I know people are frustrated. They want to see power play goals from the Devils. But I'm of the opinion of the Devils have had so many power plays where they created nothing that creating a whole, you know, keeping keeping the Capitals on the ice for over three minutes for a shift. Like poor Tom Wilson, in a sense, like he was on mm -hmm. for a three minute shift, killing the penalty and afterwards the devils kept up the offensive pressure um so they couldn't get off easily but um the devils you know just didn't score but hey they created offense so you're thinking okay that's how you want to respond when you're down three one create some offense and eventually they do get a break in a four on four situation because the because uh kuznetsov decides to foul somebody and then Z zaka after missing a shot decides to break mm -hmm. haglin's stick while breaking his own thank you zaka but in the four on four we finally get Hughes's first point in a long time. It was on a mispass yep. to Murray. <laughs> Murray gets forced back. The capital never touched it. So this is a legit assist in a sense. Murray goes all the way back to his own zone. He looks up and sees Sharon Govich wide open, cutting into the middle, hits him with the pass. And Sharon Govich decides, I'm just going to fire a hard wrist shot. And why not? Blocker. And, and why not? If you have that it kind of shot, Sharon Govich, yeah. that's his eighth goal of the season. That's not something to sneeze at for someone who we weren't sure if he would even be in consideration for this roster at this time last year. So really yep. good to see that development from him and really good to see his willingness to shoot in any situation. It's something that the Devils have been severely lacking. And with that kind of finishing ability, it's, you know, it's very promising for the future ideally they have uh similar results from holt in his first year um, when he comes over as well mm -hmm. but yeah the devils now find themselves down three to two and like you mentioned that power play served to give them a bit of a boost give them offensive zone time of course they didn't score because that would be too convenient but for once it actually gave them momentum and then in the third period yep. early in the period they have a chance to build on this <sighs> momentum and naturally, they fail at special teams catastrophically again. And, you know, we talked about how 
in some cases, the special teams don't actively make them lose, but they prevent them from, you know, from increasing their odds of winning. Here, they actively made yeah. them lose as the power play. Once you switch out that first oh, unit right. that had sustained that pressure um, in the capital zone for so long, and they were on the entire power play, once you take... Yeah, on, on the, the last one, one yeah. previous that you described. But once you take them off, the second unit comes on, and Washington scores a shorthanded goal through Carl Hagelin, and this is the point where it feels like it's going to be 8 for 8. And if it didn't feel like that then... Yep. It certainly felt like that later on when uh, Kuznetsov scored again. Yeah, let's let's go back mm. a couple minutes first. So after Sharon Govich's goal, Jack Hughes sets up uh, Damon yes. Severson for an absolutely beautiful mm. pass. Like this was this is the sort of pass that makes you go, that's why he was drafted first overall. That's why he's the big deal. And Severson had that, uh, Samsonov beaten dead to rights. Sansonov absolutely robs him with the glove save to the point where Severson steps off the ice after the whistle, goes down the tunnel. A trainer first follows him thinking he's hurt. Instead, Severson must have yelled something because the trainer runs away. And then you get to see a glimpse of his stick breaking in the background because Severson, he just needed to scream and yell and get it out of the system. Now, I mentioned that because... I think with breaking that stick, Dan, he forgot how to play defense because he had a bad yeah. third period. And to be fair, that first unit with Hughes, Bratt, and Zaka, and Smith, and Zajac, they had a bad first minute. If you want to get an understanding of why I call that last power play from the Devils a good one and this one a bad one, it's because, again, the Devils created a whole lot of stuff. They had good possession. They kept offense going. In this power play, they created mm -hmm. nothing. And then Severson gets mugged at the blue line by, I believe, yep. Garnet Hathaway. And then he's already beaten. It's one of those plays where, you know, you needed to keep that puck in. He didn't. And then he's already behind the eight ball. And poor Saban, he, he does the wrong thing on the two-on-one. He decides to go on his belly. And I know it's one of those things that if you, if it, if you make the play, it looks cool. But the problem is, is that you need to make the play. You need to deny the pass. He didn't deny the pass. It got through him anyways. And Haglin beats Blackwood going left, uh, right to left. It's now two to four. And then shortly after the rest of that power play, that created nothing. And I repeat, uh -huh. Dan, nothing. The Devils just go butt over tea kettle, as I'll put it, in a, in a two on three rush. So the Devils had numbers back. They had Ryan Murray back, they had Severson back, and they had Jesper Brat back. And somehow Ovechkin gets around all three of these guys and makes a beautiful pass across. So Blackwood is beaten going left to right to Kuznetsov. It's now two to five. It's a collapse. It is. It is, and, and and you can't even. And you're just wondering, like Severson, how did you get so dumb? Brat, why did you fall? Ryan Murray, what what are you doing? Like. Like, these are the sorts of things that get me frustrated because this is the sort of thing where Devils fans will say, oh, well, that means the Devils got to draft a defenseman. They got to develop some defenses. It's like, no, you just need to do fundamental things in, as a professional player. You don't need to draft a guy to stay on his feet and block mm -hmm. a passing lane. That's a basic of the position. You need to, you know, and, and again, it's it's this is not Ty Smith getting beaten and you go, oh, well, you know, he's a young guy. He's got to learn to do better. This is the, you know, Murray and Severson are experienced veterans and Brat has over 200 games of NHL experience. Guys, 
<laughs> this isn't rocket science, okay? It's not like Ovechkin just said, oh, I'm bigger than Jesper Bratt. Watch me bulldoze him. Like, no, he just skated around the guy like a pylon. <laughs> you don't need a bigger guy. You need a guy who will actually and, do And his at job. the point where it's 5-2 and the Devils have been so close to scoring, you just get this sinking feeling in your stomach that they're going to do this thing again that they've done Again, every single game against Washington where they make it close right at the end to just add that little bit last dash of hope before it's uh, taken away Mm -hmm. in another one goal loss. And that's exactly what happened today as Jesper Bratt, um, you know, makes it five to three with about 945 left from a pass from um, behind the net. Jesper Bratt was in the the low slot. No, it wasn't a pass. I have to disagree here. Zaka got lucky oh, okay. to get an assist in this game. Now, I got to be fair, Dan. Zaka has been really bad okay, the past okay. couple weeks. He's back in full on, I'm Pavel Zaka. Why am I here mode? But he gets an assist here because he won a puck behind the net, and it just happened to bounce the right way okay, in front gotcha. of Brat. And Brat, I was like, Brat did I missee that now, in general, I, I, I or what happened? But like, okay. No, 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 no. This is one of those things where you look at the score and you go, oh, well, see, Zaka set him up. And it's like, no, Zaka got lucky. Like, I'm glad Zaka yeah. won the puck. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like Zaka made this great pass like Merkley did to Zajac. You know, this was I just chopped it away from, I believe, Brandon Dillon. And it just got in the right way. And then Brat was all alone in front and just roofed it past the. Uh, Roofed it past Samsonov. But you're absolutely right, Dan. When I saw that goal happen, I'm like, that's great for Brat. That's his fourth goal of the season. I'm glad he got a fourth goal of the mm-hmm. season by now. Um, but are the devil? But I believe it was too little too late. And um, Hope decided to spring a little more eternal when Merkley yep. did it again. <laughs> Zajac again. Uh, it's a nice little yes, connection there. Pass. And um, the Devils make it 5-4 with about four minutes left. And you know that's as close as they would get as they drop five four still you know opportunities yep. abound and their situational scoring is awful it is much harder to come back from a three yeah. goal deficit than to expand your lead by one or two goals the game would have flipped on its head but it was not to be and the yep. devils have lost every game against the capitals this season and mercifully do not ever have to play them again in uh, until at least september 2021 yeah, and, and and to make matters worse, Dan, you know how I said at the you know for the Friday game the Devils were outshot like forty mm-hmm. to twenty three, the 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 shot count yep. was flipped in this one. The Devils outshot the Capitals thirty nine and nineteen, and if you add in you know the attempts, all attempts, it was sixty nine to thirty three. Like by all logic, if I told you, wow, the Devils were going to out attempt the Capitals sixty nine to thirty three, either the Devils were going to have the worst shooting luck possible, which unfortunately they did. And, um, you know, but the Capitals were going to be limited in goal scoring, but they weren't. And I feel really bad for Mackenzie Blackwood because somebody's going to get, because these are the sorts of games that just kneecap a goaltender save percentage. And someone's going to look at the save percentage and go, oh, well, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood gave up five goals on 19 shots. That's why they lost. It's like, no. The only goal he should have stopped was the Ovechkin goal because he let a shot from back well, to his legs. The other four are the other, and maybe the Oshie goal if you the, want. The to Severson one was such a freak but, accident too. Uh, like, what is he supposed to yeah. do? But it seems like Washington's gotten exactly. at least one of those bounces in all eight games. Yeah, yeah, they got the you got the fluke bounce. And then you got the two in the third period where he's going post to post, and then you're just hoping the goaltender just makes a stop when in reality the guys in front of him should have prevented the whole thing to begin with. And that's the sort of thing that makes me very frustrated as a devil's fan, because, you know, on Friday night, Blackwood was the hero. Blackwood was why the game was in overtime at all. Uh, 
And then, you know, on a night like on a day like this, the Devils do get some scoring going finally for Mr. Blackwood. But they gave up too many things because of their own stupid errors. It's not about the size. It's not about the cycle. It's not about, you know, how heavy the Devils are or not. It's because of the stupidity in front of the Blackwood. That's why they lost eight out of eight to Washington. And I am frustrated. And just like you, Dan, I am fine with the Devils not having to play Washington for at least And six here's months. the formula. Let's summarize everything in one neat formula. How do you lose to the same opponent eight times a single season? Well, start off, the opponent is better than you as a hockey team. They have more experience playing mm-hmm. together. They have players that have been in the mm-hmm. league much longer and are not privy to the same mistakes. Add in a dash of horrendous luck on one end, incredible shooting on the other end, Another dash of every bounce going Washington's way and zero going the Devils' way. And I'm not exaggerating when I say zero. There was not one lucky bounce that I can remember from any game against Washington where I thought, you know, minus the goals that Vanacek gave to them a couple of games, it is not like they got a bounce off of a skate. It's not like they got a weird deflection off the boards. It's not like they got the benefit of Mm -hmm. a jersey. So when you add all that in and combine it with the worst combined special teams in the league, yes, you get a formula for an uh, 0-6-2 record against this one team. And let's also throw in the fact that for this game, uh, this is the last point I want to mention for today, Kyle Palmieri was not present as the... Um, nope. The act of holding him out in the interest of a trade, making sure, you know, to quote unquote, preserve the goods um, that has begun. And it seems like yep. the devils, after trying one last time to give him an extension, weren't able to find common ground for the reasons that he is not been as productive as he usually is. So they don't want to pay him a lot, but also it's a pandemic, so they don't want to pay him a lot. But he is a consistent goal scorer, so he wants to be paid a lot, and that's totally fair. There was not a common ground met on the, you know, between the two sides, and the Devils are looking to trade him. It remains to be seen where to and for what, but he is a hot commodity on the market, as is Dmitry Kulikov. And as we go further and closer to the trade deadline, um, it will be more apparent as to what the Devils will recoup from these players that. You know, in Kulikov's case, he's only been here a year, but he's already proven that he is more valuable than anticipated when he first signed. In Palmieri's case, that has been true the whole time. He is one of the only Devils in history to score, to have more than five seasons of 24-plus goals as a Devil. It's him, Elias McLean. I think that's it. Yeah, and that's a big reason why his him and his agent have been pushing publicly, and I'm citing an article from a couple weeks ago that Corey Massasak had up at The Athletic where his agent is starting to throw out the names of Anders Lee and Brendan Gallagher and and pointing out that, you know, very few players in this league have scored as many goals as Palmieri has scored since uh, 2015, which is all true. However, this man is 30 years old. He is not only, yeah, I can buy that he's having a down season. You know, his shooting percentage is much lower than it has been. Like, he's at 9.5%. It's his lowest shooting percentage since 2013-14 with Anaheim, his second to final season, with the Ducks. So, you know, there's some logic to thinking that it will bounce back up to his normal 13%, 12% that he's had for his career. And therefore, whoever has him will benefit. But... This is a man that if they're talking the Lee contract or the Gallagher contract, they're not looking for just a simple two years at like six million, Dan. They're looking for mm-hmm. six by you wanna, six. You want to make sure that and you, do you, there's some stability in it because you don't know what the world's going to look like. That's a lesson that everyone exactly. learned this year. 
Exactly. And and the harsh reality is, is that I understand there are some devil fans that want to keep Palmieri because, hey, he's been around for a while. Hey, you can't just lean on Hughes or, or and Heischer and the younger guys. But the harsh reality is be, with Palmieri's performance this season, they've been doing that anyway. And it's not like, like he, you know, I, you I'm know? sure that both sides really want for it to work, but they can't rely on the fact that he'll want to come back in the offseason they have to get something for him here and then have the conversation yes. about staying when the situation globally when the situation around the team has changed that's a different discussion for them to have but obviously it cannot happen right now especially the way they've been playing especially the way he's been playing so they need to get everything they can for him and they will ideally you know yeah. Fitzgerald who managed yeah. to recoup Quokkanen and a second um, from the Votnin deal, I, I feel like he can definitely. Oh, a sorry, a third. That didn't that become a second? No, oh, it was a fourth gotcha. that became okay, a okay. third. Yeah, it, it was a weird compensation thing because it involved the playoffs and Sammy Vatnin's involvement, and you know, with the return to play format, the NHL actually had to make a ruling to say this is how it's going to break down. But it ended up being a third rounder that I believe was used to sell. And that Nico trade Ross. ends up looking really good for the Devils, especially when Sammy Votnin comes back this year. And again, the the valuable asset here is Kwakanen, who has been, you know, for his first full year as an NHLer, he's been a productive um, player. He's been yeah. someone who contributes and his contributions are visible. So if uh, Fitzgerald can get someone like that for Palmieri, that would obviously be the ideal situation. If he gets a first, I mean, that's just incredible, but that would probably be without a prospect. But um, all that being yeah. said, we wait to see where he goes, but at the very least, we wanted to give you an update on his general availability, which seems to be available. Oh, absolutely. And this is and in a weird case, because, again, you know, you and I being devil fans for a long time, you know, you're used to the fact of the devils make a move and you just go, oh, I didn't know they were planning yeah. to make that move. You You found out about the move when the move was made. You didn't find out uh, things ahead of time. And you would have to, like, reach for straws a little bit in terms of, like, when a move could be made. But today, on the Devils' official Twitter account, they actually said, Palmieri is out for precautionary mm -hmm. reasons. And then his agent tweeted out, he is being held out because we expect mm -hmm. him to be traded. <laughs> and now the trade deadline is April 12th. That's eight days from this recording. So it'll be literally a week from when this show will go up. And I fully anticipate that... Um, you know, all the details have been submitted. Uh, Palmieri has a modified no trade clause, which is an eight team no trade list. I couldn't tell you who's on that eight team no trade list. I'd like to think that that's probably including teams like Buffalo, Detroit, maybe all of Canada, um, you know. And I fully expect the Devils to retain some salary because a lot of teams are capped out right now. Um, a lot of teams are uh, they don't have a lot of space. But, um, you know, the Devils as a team and the broadcast at MSG, they were very open about saying this man's going to be traded. And I fully get it. Cause as I said, he's 30 years old. Like even if you want to keep him in New Jersey and he wants to stay, if he really wants a five, six, seven year contract, the timing just really doesn't work. And I, I will believe that he'll have a much better season next season and maybe a season after that. But these types of players tend to decline pretty harsh mm. in their thirties. And I don't want the devil's, knowing that they have the best years of Heischer ahead of them, the best years of Hughes ahead of him, the best years of a whole bunch of players ahead of them, only to be dragged down by a massive albatross of a Kyle Palmieri yep. extension. So, you know, I, I fully agree. This is the time to get what you can get. And if you can end up getting 
say, I don't know, a um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A conditional first round pick and a player like Quackenden at that level, a guy, a prospect that could be an NHL prospect but hasn't gotten an opportunity yet, or maybe a a, a prospect of uh, more value, or even if you get another winger that could play right away because. Obviously, the Devils will need another right winger. And to that end, him being held out led to Merkley playing today. And Merkley made the best of his opportunity to play because he had one hell of a game. And for those who were concerned about Palmieri's absence, I mean, the Devils generated 39 shots on net and had two out of four legitimately good power plays uh, and scored four goals against a guy who shut him out last week without Palmieri. So, you know, I guess that also shows that maybe Palmieri's importance to the offense has diminished Mm -hmm. this season so you know it it is it is what it is um we'll see if he gets traded within this week because again deadline's next monday so you know if he's uh not dealt by then um it's going to be an interesting night on uh april 13th when the week Mm -hmm. of hate begins yeah so until we get there the devils have two games against buffalo coming up uh, this week, they yes. also start. Uh, they don't face the Rangers just yet. I think they play Pittsburgh after no, that. No, that's right? next week. Yeah, yeah, they play Pitt. So they play Buffalo the sixth, Buffalo on the third on Thursday to end their season series with Buffalo, and then they play Pittsburgh on the ninth, and then Pittsburgh next mm-hmm. Sunday at seven. So that's the schedule, and we'll have all the uh, the games laid out for you again. If you have any suggestions for our hundredth episode, we're happy to hear them out. Uh, but until that happens. Please stay safe. Keep enjoying Devils hockey now that they don't have to play Washington anymore. And uh, keep supporting the squad. It does feel like they are showing more promise than they have in years past because they might still be losing, but at least they're doing it with guys under 23. And so hopefully that'll change as well. And the bar has not been lower for this organization than it is now uh, since 1987. But that being said... Thank you all again for listening. We'll catch you next episode and have a good uh, week. See you next time. Go Go Devils. Devils!